Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special, sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then, she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature, and MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. Welcome back to season two, episode four of Serial Nightmare, a Halloween series I'm doing just for the month of October. This is the last Halloween theme I'm doing as part of Serial Nightmare for the year. And of course, I'm going to go out with a bang. Tonight, I'm covering the unsolved disappearance and likely murder of Cindy Song, who disappeared without a trace on Halloween night, 2001. She was last seen dressed in her bunny costume after coming home from a very fun Halloween party that she enjoyed with a couple of her friends. There have been a lot of twists and turns in this story, as police followed different directions they believed would lead to Cindy, but to this day, she has still never been found, and we still have no idea what happened to her that fateful night. Before we jump in, tonight's episode is sponsored by GarageStoresWithAZ.com. Their online shop has a massive stock of products and accessories to personalize, enhance, and jazz up your vehicle. They have everything from car organizers, car accessories, repair tools, cleaning supplies, and more. Honestly, they have the coolest vehicle accessories you never even knew existed, but now that you do, you need them. That's how I feel when I browse their online store. They also provide free 4-day shipping in the U.S., free returns, and a money-back guarantee so that you can feel confident in your purchase. One of my favorite things about their online shop is that they have a ton of product reviews, so you can really find out the quality and usefulness of the product you're interested in before you buy it. 
Check out garagestoreswithaz.com for all of your vehicle accessory needs. And stay tuned halfway through tonight's episode because I jotted down a few of my favorite products that they offer and I'm going to fill you in. That's G-A-R-A-G-E-S-T-O-R-E-Z.com. Now let's jump in. Cindy Song was born Hyun Jong Song on February 25th, 1980 in Seoul, South Korea. Cindy was the English name that she chose later on in life when she decided to move to America. This is something that a lot of Asian countries will do in order to better adapt and so that people don't completely butcher the pronunciation of their name. Speaking of which, I really hope I said her name right. She was a very hardworking and ambitious young woman, even leaving her family behind to move to America at only 15 years old to pursue her dreams. She would move in with her aunt and uncle in Springfield, Virginia, where she was an excellent student all through high school. She got really good grades, and she was also very active with sports. She played tennis, and she was on the running team. This was a girl who knew what she wanted out of her life, and she was willing to put in the hard work. Her friends would describe her as fiercely independent and open-minded. She loved to laugh and have fun, but her studies always came first. When it was time to go off to university, she chose to study at Penn State to pursue a major in integrative arts. She loved anything that allowed her to be creative, including photography, dance, and writing. She even had a blog that she consistently updated with what was going on in her life. Cindy was in her senior year when she went missing, and she would have graduated in the spring of the following year in 2002. Cindy loved living in America, and she fit right in. She was very friendly and outgoing, so she made friends very easily. At one point, she met a man named Richard Che, and the pair very quickly fell in love, and they decided to move in together. Unfortunately, it didn't last long. They may have rushed things a little bit too quickly, and Richard broke up with her. This happened about a month before Cindy disappeared, and she was devastated. This breakup really hit her hard, and she struggled with her mental health for a while after that. But when she found a new roommate to move in with, things started to look up again. She moved in with a young woman named Yunju, who was also from South Korea, and went by the name Catherine. The pair lived in an off-campus apartment together, and Catherine was a really great influence on Cindy. They became very close friends, which is really what Cindy needed at the time, and it was enough to push her to do better. She started going to therapy and taking medication for her mental health. She also started actively writing about her struggles on her blog, which was very therapeutic for her. Cindy really began thriving again, and it appeared that the heartbreak from her recent breakup was really behind her now. Shortly before her disappearance, Cindy bought a new computer and concert tickets to Britney Spears. She had also applied to a graphic design internship that she was really hoping she would get accepted to, so life was just really good. And now it was Halloween 2001. Cindy wasn't a big party animal or anything like that, and even though it was a Wednesday night, a school night, she decided that it would be fun to have a night out with her friends Stacy Paik and Lisa Kim to attend a costume party at Players Nightclub, which was a hot spot for local students. Cindy wore a bunny costume, and her friend Lisa would say, 
She had bunny ears and a tail that she had bought. It was a very cute outfit. It wasn't like a sexy outfit. It was a very cute outfit. That was her thing. She was very cute. She liked to look cute. The three ladies drank and danced the night away until around 2 a.m. when it was time to go home. They made a pit stop at another friend's apartment to play some video games before going their separate ways. It was around 4 a.m. when they dropped Cindy off at her own off-campus apartment, still in her bunny costume. They waved goodbye, and this was the last time that she was ever seen. According to her friends who had seen her last, Cindy was only mildly intoxicated. She wasn't blackout drunk or anything like that. The next day was Thursday, November 1st, and Cindy's roommate Catherine was arriving back at the apartment that afternoon after having been away for a few days visiting her family in Philadelphia. And when she gets there, she finds the apartment door locked from the outside, so she figures that Cindy is just out somewhere. The apartment is empty, and she doesn't really think anything of it at the time. Cindy was a very busy person. Along with a full schedule at school, she also worked two part-time jobs, so it wasn't all that uncommon for her friends to not hear from her all the time. So two and a half days go by, and no one has heard anything from her. She doesn't go to her classes, she doesn't show up at her apartment, and then on Saturday, she misses a shift from one of her part-time jobs working at a Korean restaurant. That's when her friends really start to notice and become worried about where she might be, and they call the police. By this time, no one has seen or heard from Cindy in three days. Because Cindy is reported missing over the weekend, it's patrol officers who handle the call and take down all the information. The ball kind of gets dropped here. They take down her details, but they don't really do anything with it. It's not until Monday, November 5th that the lead investigator gets the missing persons report and the police decide to go and search her apartment. Cindy has been missing for five days now, which is unfortunate because you really want to start investigating within the first 24 hours. When they search her room, they don't really find anything out of place. No indication of a struggle of any sort. All of her belongings are still there. They find her backpack with all of her schoolwork in it and her cell phone, which of course is always on her person. The phone was turned off and the call log doesn't show any phone calls incoming or outgoing after she was dropped off at her apartment Halloween night. They also find a set of false eyelashes that Cindy had been wearing with her Halloween costume. The rest of her bunny costume was nowhere to be found. Noticeably missing is her purse, which would have contained her credit card, driver's license, and keys. Important to note, her credit card would never be used again. The lead detective would say, We know that whenever she left the apartment, she was wearing the clothes that she had on that night. We also know that her purse, her pocketbook, or whatever she had with her that evening that contained her driver's license and credit cards were with her too, because we could not locate those in the apartment. Through interviews with friends, police learned that Cindy would often walk down the road to a giant supermarket that was open 24 hours. That's where she would go to grab food whenever she was hungry late at night instead of cooking. Police began to theorize that it was possible that she left to go grab food, bringing her purse with her, but forgetting her cell phone at home. 
She would have locked the door behind her, went on her way, and something possibly happened to her. Maybe someone was following her. Maybe she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. There was another theory presented after police read through her blog entries. Remember, Cindy had been going through a difficult time after her breakup with her boyfriend about a month prior. They thought that maybe she had run away or even taken her own life. And Cindy's family seemed to believe that that could be a strong possibility. But there was a lot to suggest that Cindy was doing really well and was even planning for the future. Remember, she had purchased tickets to a Britney Spears concert, which was set for the following week. She had just bought a new computer. She seemed to be in really good spirits, and she had an absolute blast at that Halloween party the night before. The blog also talked about how she had experimented with drugs recently, things like ecstasy and marijuana. But Cindy's friends were quick to note that she wasn't an addict or abusing drugs. She was simply experimenting a bit, which is typical when you're away at college. And police seemed to agree with this. It seemed most likely that something had happened to Cindy as she walked to the store alone that night. She left the apartment in her bunny costume, mildly intoxicated, with her purse but no cell phone. It definitely seemed feasible. Or maybe she left her apartment with someone that she knew and they hurt her. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never frozen meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And so the search for Cindy began, starting with a wooded area near Penn State University. Police, along with a large group of Cindy's friends and other students, walked through the area carefully, looking for any trace of her, but there was nothing. Then an odd tip came in from a woman in Philadelphia, about 200 miles away from where Cindy's apartment was located. So for my Canadian friends, that's about 321 kilometers away. So it's not like it was close to where they were looking. The woman reported that she saw a young lady who matched Cindy's description being forced into a vehicle by a man. The young lady was screaming and crying for help as the man yelled at the witness to go away. He was described as an Asian male with olive to light brown complexion and medium length hair. Police created a sketch and released it to the public in hopes that someone might be able to identify him. It's an interesting bit of information, but unfortunately the eyewitness wasn't super credible. Her story seemed to change several times over the course of the investigation and nothing could be verified, so it turned out to be a dead end. This man that was seen that was sketched has never been identified and it's not clear if this incident ever even really happened. The investigation continues and Cindy's family flies to the U.S. from Seoul in order to help with it. Unfortunately, they become a little too involved and it creates tension between them and the police. Reportedly, they were given access to Cindy's apartment and they decided to clean it up without even really thinking that they may be destroying evidence. The police were irritated. And when the family felt like the police weren't doing enough to find their daughter or figure out what happened to her, they formed their own group called the Coalition for the Search for Cindy's Song. And they formed this with other Penn State students and the local community. In addition to conducting their own search for Cindy, they also publicly criticized the police force in the media, saying that they weren't doing enough because Cindy was Korean and not a white girl. They compared Cindy's investigation to that of a 13-year-old white girl who had gone missing previously and had over 60 FBI agents assigned to the case versus a team of just six looking for Cindy. 
In retaliation, the police pretty much stopped communicating with Cindy's family. The lead investigator was even quoted saying, we pretty much cut them off, which is really sad. Their child is missing and they feel like you're not dedicating enough resources to find her. Police are supposed to serve the public, so I think they should be giving this grieving family a pass here, but I digress. While the search for Cindy continues, there wasn't a whole lot to go on, and so in August of 2002, almost a year after she went missing, the police worked with a psychic profiler by the name of Carla Barron. The psychic said that she saw three or four men with Cindy. They had abducted her, and it was sexual in nature. She added that she saw Cindy being loaded into a vehicle and that she had crossed over shortly after being taken. I mean, this is a lot of information. It's an interesting story again, but unfortunately it didn't lead to any actual leads for the police to follow. So they weren't able to confirm if this is actually something that happened to Cindy. And then the following year, in June of 2003, something really crazy happened. A convicted burglar named Paul Weekly came forward and said that he had information about what happened to Cindy and he was willing to trade it in exchange for a reduced sentence. Police really needed whatever information he had, so they agreed, and what he said was intense. He claimed to know exactly who had taken and murdered Cindy's song. Hugo Selensky, who was a career criminal, and Michael Kurkowski, a pharmacist who also ran an illegal drug ring. He said that they saw Cindy walking down the road that Halloween night, dressed in her bunny costume, and they thought she was a prostitute. They picked her up and took her to a home in Hunlock Creek, where they raped her and put her in a walk-in safe. This is where she would die just three days later. And then they buried her in the backyard to get rid of the body. Paul said that Michael Kurkowski wanted to keep Cindy's bunny ears as a trophy. And his partner in crime, Hugo, got mad about this and murdered Michael along with his girlfriend, Tammy Fassett, and then buried the bodies in the backyard. It was a crazy story, but the only lead that they had gotten in a long time. So police went to Hugo's home and they began to dig up the six-acre yard. Several sets of human remains would be found, including those of Michael and his girlfriend Tammy. There was also this pit with between 5 and 12 sets of human remains, believed to be the bones of a few other known criminals, but unfortunately none of them were identified as belonging to Cindy. Hugo Selensky is clearly a serial killer, and he would be charged with the other murders. He's currently serving a life sentence in prison. However, there hasn't been any evidence besides that informant testimony to connect him to Cindy's disappearance. And even though he's clearly a piece of crap who has been convicted of murdering other people and will spend his life behind bars, he denies any involvement in Cindy's case. He says he's never even met her. It would later come out that this double murder of Michael Krakowski and Tammy Fassett had nothing to do with the bunny ears and everything to do with $60,000 that was hidden in his house. And the police informant had actually participated in that killing in order to receive a chunk of the money. 
So it's quite possible that this whole story was also bullshit, and the informant just wanted a better deal by inserting himself into a high-profile case, which seems to happen a lot, doesn't it? I'd love to get your opinion on that. What do you think about informants coming forward with information that could possibly help the police in exchange for a lesser sentence? Do you think it actually brings about quality leads? Or do you think that the majority of the time these people are just lying and saying anything to help themselves out? It's been 20 years since Cindy's song disappeared that Halloween night. And today, police are no closer to finding out what happened to her. It's still an open case with 20 or so binders just filled with information relating to her disappearance. But at this point, it's just all sitting there collecting dust. There has never been a body found. There's been no reliable witnesses who saw anything, and they have no current suspects to follow. Cindy was last seen wearing a pink shirt with cap sleeves, white skirt with white shorts inside, sheer stockings, and a knee-length red hooded coat and brown suede boots. She also has a tattoo on her lower back of an elongated Pisces sign approximately four inches wide and two inches tall. She has several piercings including a belly button piercing, both of her earlobes, three or four piercings along the outer edge of each ear, as well as the cartilage between ear canal opening and temple. So she does have some distinguishable features. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Ferguson Township Police Department at 1-800-479-0050. If you have any information, please make sure you reach out. Like I said, this is still an open case, but at this point, there, there's just no movement. There's nowhere to go. That's it for me tonight. I'd like to once again thank our sponsor. Make sure you check out garagestoreswithaz.com for all of your vehicle accessory needs. They have a huge selection, free four-day shipping in the U.S., buyer reviews, and a no-hassle return policy. Make sure you check out their link in my show notes. As for me, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper or I'm on YouTube. Nikki Young, Serial Napper, that's all one word. Until next time, sleep tight and don't look under the bed. Bye.